Blog Talk Radio. Take a licking. <laughs> there is someone waiting who will hurry up and rescue you. Just call for super chicken. Welcome to the Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer web radio show brought to you by Calm Box Feeds. My name is Andy Schneider, but most know me as the Chicken Whisperer, author of The Chicken Whisperer's Guide to Keeping Chickens, national spokesperson for the USDA Avian Health Program, editor-in-chief of Chicken Whisperer magazine, and, well, golly, what, what, what else do we have on the list? <laughs> hey, each week I welcome experts in their field to share their knowledge about different topics, including backyard poultry, show poultry, heritage poultry, gardening, cooking, homesteading, and living a self-sufficient lifestyle. Hey, be sure to visit us online at chickenwhisperer.com where you can follow us on Twitter, become a fan on Facebook, uh, check us out on Instagram, uh, and also subscribe to the totally free digital edition of Chicken Whisperer magazine. Totally free. There's no reason why you shouldn't be a subscriber to the digital edition. Now, if you are old-fashioned and kind of like me and want to sit in your easy chair on a rainy day and flip through a real magazine, we have that too. We have a print edition, $9.95 per year. So uh, make sure you visit us online. All of that, all of our avenues you can get to at chickenwhisperer.com. Once again, thank you so much for tuning in today to Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer brought to you by our good friends over at Kalmbach Feeds. At Kalmbach Feeds, our layer pellets and crumbles are all natural, antibiotic-free with no animal byproducts. Formulated just for laying hens, our feed is fortified with essential amino acids and calcium to ensure maximum production of nutritious, tasty, strong-shelled eggs. From our family to yours, feed your hens the way nature intended. Pure, wholesome goodness. Kalmbach Feeds. Find a dealer at ComboxFeeds.com. That's K-A-L-M-B-A-C-H, Feeds.com. Or order your layer pellets and crumples today on Amazon.com. Combox Feeds is a proud sponsor of The Chicken Whisperer. Since 1921, Stromberg's has been a family-owned and operated business providing quality poultry and poultry supplies to their customers. Today, the Strombergs family offers over 200 different breeds of poultry, including chickens, waterfowl, and game birds. They also offer poultry supplies for both the beginner and experienced poultry keeper. Strombergs should be on the top of your list when it's time to order your new day-old baby chicks and poultry supplies. Order online today at strombergschickens.com. That's strombergschickens.com. When you need an incubator, think Brincy, the incubation specialists. 
Brincy has been a world-leading manufacturer of quality incubators for almost 40 years. They manufacture incubators that hold anywhere from 7 to 380 eggs with high-quality electronic and digital controls, including precise humidity controls and programmable egg turning, all at surprisingly affordable prices. Enter the coupon code WHISPER at checkout and receive 10% off your entire order. Order your new incubator today at Brincy.com. That's B-R-I-N-S-E-A.com. I'm about to say something that may shock you. There's a chance the mealworm treats you're feeding your chickens are doing them more harm than good. Most of the mealworms sold in the U.S. are hollow and empty because of how they're processed, leaving them with little or no nutritional value. The problem is chickens love healthy insects like mealworms, but there hasn't been a way to get access to them in large quantities. Until now. The only mealworm company I endorse is The Honest Worm because of the way they raise and process their mealworms. Now, they've set aside some bags only for my listeners to try for free. Just cover the cost of shipping and handling. Head on over to freemealworms.com. That's freemealworms.com. If you don't see sold out at the top of the page, that means there's still some bags left, but only for a limited time. Go to freemealworms.com and get your free bag today. Sweet PDZ has been keeping horse stalls ammonia-free and healthy for nearly 33 years. However, ammonia is ammonia, regardless of the species producing it. Therefore, it will do the same great job in your chicken coops and brooders. Sweet PDZ safeguards flock health by neutralizing and eliminating harmful levels of ammonia and odors. Safe and effective moisture absorption. All-natural, non-toxic, premium-grade zeolite mineral. Contains no masking scents or chemical perfumes. Safe and beneficial to dispose with waste on compost and gardens. Learn more at SweetPDZ.com. That's SweetPDZ.com. And the mighty bird against prejudice continues his fight for law and order. So when you hear that cry in the sky... You'll know it's Super Chicken. Hi, I'm country music artist Nathan Osmond, and you're listening to Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer. All righty, thank you very much for staying with us today on Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer, brought to you by our good friends over at Calm Bach Feeds. Up in, uh, well, Upper Sandusky, Ohio. We got a great show lined up for you today. Uh, I just kind of titled it on a whim, What's New in Backyard Poultry? And I'm going to bring Jessica Dilger on here in just a second. She's going to be my co-host today. It is the fourth Thursday of the month, and every fourth Thursday, we've normally been doing over the last few months the Coop Crate Show. But we're going to change things up a little bit. She'll tell you why here a little bit later. And we have a couple of great guests that are going to come on and talk about their businesses. We're going to keep that theme as much as possible. 
because we know everybody really loves that kind of that homegrown uh, backyard poultry show, the feel good, lots of laughs, lots of honesty. Uh, but then we're featuring small businesses. A lot of them are women owned businesses. A lot of them are startup businesses and, and uh, we're all about that. So, uh, and we all, people like to, to support the uh, small businesses as well. So this will be an avenue for you to, to realize uh, what your options are. If you need something, they may have something that you've been wanting or think, Hey, you know, we need to have this and boom, they, they've got it. So we're really looking forward to continuing continuing the show uh, every, the fourth Thursday of every single month, and uh, we'll have a catchy name for it today. I just put, hey, what's new in backyard poultry? And, of course, I put today, Jessica and Andy welcome some more small business owners to share their new products. So that we'll be looking forward to that here a little bit later in the show. I want to give everybody an update kind of what's going on um, here on the research farm. Uh, we've got tons of studies that we're doing right now. We probably study more products and test them than anybody in the country when it comes to backyard poultry. The shaving study is continuing uh, in our Rita Marie's chicken coop. That's the Cooper's, uh, the uh, odor control shavings. The product now has been in development for over a year. Uh, to give you, to catch up real quick, uh, they sent me some shavings last year. To me, they were too fine, and then the process of which they made them odor control shavings was not working well for them. So they went back to the drawing board, and now we're trying a new product where the odor control is actually uh, infused into the flakes, uh, and the flakes seem to be larger than they were last year. So the first test we did with these, we put in the coop about the time we had some new bovins brown that we were actually putting out in the coop and it was an unrealistic study but hey we had them we're going to test them we're going to see how amazing they are if they work or if they're a big flop so uh, we, we we put the bovins brown hens into the Rita Marie's chicken coop we had our odor control shavings in there we locked that door we kept feed and water in there and we didn't let them out for five or six days in the 24 hours a day, seven, you know, seven days a week, if you will, for five or six days, and then we let them out. And let's just say at the end of that period of time, of course, they now go right back to that coop. That's the way you do that. Um, but the odor control shavings towards the end of that, again, 24 hours a day in that coop, so they know what's where and it's theirs, and they come back to it. Um, let's, let's just say that wasn't a huge, huge um, win if you will. But it's unrealistic. They were in there for, for six days, 24-7. Uh, so then we cleared out, and then we let a couple of weeks go by, then we cleaned out the coop, and we did another test with them. Normal use. We put the shavings in there, the auto-control shavings in there. Uh, we let them out in the morning. We put them back at night. Boom. And it was tremendous, actually, the, the difference. We even had with our farm school we have here every Friday, we had parents come, and we used their nose as a test just to be non-biased. We had them, okay, smell these shavings today. This is day seven after using just the regular old pine wood shavings from the big box store. Uh, take a whiff, and then now, of course, seven days later with the new shavings, take a whiff. And so we're getting good uh, good results from the odor control shavings. Uh, so, so, so far, we've seen some improvement. The next study we're doing, which will take place around mid-May, is now we got hotter temperatures. Temperatures around mid-May will be around 85 degrees, which means it may be a little hotter in the coop. We're going to do another test doing a couple of things. We're going to go out seven days with our test, but we're going to go further. So it'll be hotter. We'll have 85 degree days. We're going to put these, we're going to clean out the coop, put the new odor control shavings in the coop. And we're going to go out seven, eight, nine, ten days. We're going to see how much further we can go uh, with our store-bought shavings in that particular type of coop. That, you know, that many birds, we're looking at cleaning it out every seven days, replenishing it with the shavings. We're going to see how far we can go out, seven, eight, ten, twelve days, and then see how many extra days we get with the shavings. And, 
people can factor out, okay, these shavings are five dollars more or four dollars more or three dollars more, but I'm getting five more days out of it between having to replace them or clean the coop. So uh, we're going to do that test. The test we're going to do, which will probably be a month later, is we're going to put these odor control shavings in the coop and we're going to do a triple whammy. We're going to put sweet PDZ down, sweet PDZ down on the floor. We're going to put the odor control shavings on top of that, and then daily we're going to spray it with a new product that we really really like called uh, Chick Fresh. We're going to use all three, and then we're going to see how many days we can go out. Does it matter if we're using just one of these products, like the Chick Fresh or the Sweet PDZ or the uh, odor control shavings, which aren't even on the market yet, uh, or we use all three in combination? Do, do, do we using all three? Is it three times as good? Is it a little better, or is there no difference using all three? Ammonia is ammonia, regardless of how much you know the poop. So, so we got that test going on. We're testing the cedar shavings in a brooder because, again, for ten years traveling the country over thirty-four states, we've said, and I've made this challenge on this radio show. I've made it on Facebook. I made it on Twitter. I've made it on uh, Instagram. If you can produce a legitimate study that shows cedar shavings are bad for the health of baby chicks, I'll send you a $100 gift card to the, to the store of your choice anywhere in the country. Uh, we've asked this to thousands and thousands of people over a decade long. My email is not lighting up with anything. So uh, we asked that. I'm not advocating cedar shavings in a brooder-type setting. We've talked about that, and those of you who have taken my classes know my theory on that. But uh, it just gets such o overblown. So we've got a brooder now where we got cedar shavings in, again, right from the big box store, put them in there. We got the uh, Eco Glow 20 in there. We got seven of our Bovins Brown. And there, we're weighing them, comparing them to the weight, and looking for sneezing and coughing and eye issues or anything like that. And right now, we have absolutely no negative effects of using cedar. That's not doesn't mean I'm going to recommend cedar. I just wanted to do some more testing regarding that as well. Let's see. Well, oh, we, we're doing the uh, garden, keeping the chickens out of the garden. Now we've had chickens a long time. We've had gardens a long time. But um, we are, we're doing this testing here as well. We've videoed this. We've done live video where initially we did the electric fencing with just the wire with the pulse type uh, ele electric uh, charger. And uh, you saw me where I got into the garden, and I was like, come on, chicks, come on, chicks. They walk right through it. They're touching it. Their combs are touching it. Their feet are touching it. You can see that wire go, bow, meow, 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 meow. And, and then the rooster leans up against it with his breasts um, and you know, moving it and pushing it. And the charge, nothing, absolutely nothing. Totally oblivious to anything that's going on. Totally worthless. Electric fence, not a go. So then we said, okay. For our viewers and, 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 and followers, next we're going to do some just some netting, not electric netting, not like the premier netting. We will be testing that. But other, we got two foot high. Basically, it's plastic vinyl uh, open mesh netting, two feet high. Um, again, we know chickens can fly. We know a ostrilorp because I've experienced it can fly up to a six foot privacy. So we know this. We know they can fly over this little two feet thing. So we put that up because we're showing it's educational. We're showing folks what works, what doesn't work, how it works. And so far, it's been probably ten days since we put this two-foot mesh fencing. It's just a roll. I think it's 25 feet long. It's about $11 at Lowe's. It's green. We put it up on these uh, fence posts, the mobile fence, and we haven't had a chicken in the garden yet. Can they fly over it? Easy. No problems. Piece of cake. Can they fly over four feet, six feet? Yes. Flipping their wings. We've had videos on that. So we're showing that. Say, hey, so far in 10 days, we haven't had a chicken in the garden. It's just two feet high. Do we need to go four feet? We've tried that before. So uh, we're, we're going through all this testing here on the farm, which is awesome. Oh, we did the feed test. I'm going to share this with you, and I'm going to bring Jessica on because this is so important too. Uh, so I had a company feed send us some of their um, – uh, feed. Now, this feed, let's face it, 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 it's designed really for, it's a higher dollar feed. It's designed for kind of the, uh, I don't know, the, the folks that, 
I don't know. They just the 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 niche market of spoiled uh, pet chickens. You're putting them in sweaters. You have a four thousand dollar coop. Just a higher end market for feed. And apparently, what they've done, they have a scratch, they have a laying feed, and then of course they sent me some uh, black soldier fly larvae as well. And they're they're really in the rabbit. The, the the higher end rabbit market, but they want to break out into kind of the, the, the higher end poultry uh, and pet chicken market as well. So they sent me a 10 pound bag of the scratch, and you know my view on scratch. Uh, they sent me some of these uh, mealworm, uh, not mealworms, uh, black soldier fly larvae, um, and then of course this this laying feed. And and the interesting thing, if you went back and watched our videos on Facebook, the laying feed basically is just scratch with a pellet added into the scratch. And that's how they can – and I don't like to use the term get away with because but it's not getting away with anything. Um, all, all the requirements to label that feed a complete feed, a laying feed, 18%, is in that pellet. So you've got the amino acids that are crucial in there. The vitamins, the minerals, the calcium, everything is in that tiny little pellet. They add these pellets. Uh, which all the good stuff is in the pellets for these birds. They basically add it into the scratch with literally you can go through the, you can see black sunflower seeds, you can see peas, you can see millet, all this stuff. And it looks like something you'd eat and scoop up at Whole Foods or something for yourself. Um, and then we did testing on that. And my theory so far has come to play. Initially, we gave it kind of like a, in a treat delivery system. So I got basically a nine-inch round feed dish. Uh, I, I filled maybe two inches of it in that, scooped it out, set it kind of out in the middle of the pasture, called the chicks over, and what did they do? They ate all the scratch and left the pellets, um, which I assumed that they would. So uh, we, we said, okay, now they're, they're not getting a nutritional food here because they're leaving the pellets behind. So then what we did, we put the rest of the bag uh, for the next day into their feeder that was already in their coop. So they're used to the feeder. It's not different. No big deal. But we put the rest of that 10-pound bag of feed into their feeder that they're used to and left it in there for 24-hour period. I wanted to see if it was a different delivery system, not just like a tree calling them over and setting something down that they hadn't seen before, and then they eat all the scratch and left the pellet. In a 24-hour period, what would happen? And the same thing happened. Uh, 24 hours later, we go and inspect the feed. I can put, I put the phone down in the tube of the feeder where you know they haven't accessed yet, and there was tons of scratch and all these grains and everything in there. But in the bowl around the area, the trough, if you will, what was left? Laying pellets. Now, uh, I talked to them this past week because I figured that was my theory. So what's happening is you're feeding them in your mind, and you're feeding them on a label, a complete feed. But then in those two delivery systems, you're not, they're not getting a complete feed because they're eating all the scratch. It's kind of like if I put Skittles in my son's broccoli. He's going to pick out the Skittles and leave the broccoli. So he's not getting a nutritionally balanced feed regardless of what that bag says. Um, so the third test we're going to do as well, because I want to, I want to give them the benefit of the doubt here, is that um, we're going to kind of do the same thing. We're going to put the feeder in there. We're going to put a whole 10-pound bag in there, and I'm just going to leave it because they may eat all the scratch on Monday and then the rest of the scratch on Tuesday and then maybe on Wednesday because there's nothing left. Okay, the only thing that's left, they already ate all the Skittles, they already ate all the Snickers, they already ate all the Three Musketeers. The only thing left is broccoli now, and that's all they see in there is that, okay, I guess I'm going to have to eat these pellets because that's, and I am hungry, and then they eat the pellets. So eventually they eat the pellets, uh, but I haven't consulted with uh, our 
poultry nutritionist um, to see, okay, if they eat scratch Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, and then because of the scenario, only eat the pellets on Wednesday, yeah, they got a complete feed, but they didn't get any complete feed on Monday, and Tuesday, and Wednesday. They just got it Thursday when they ate the pellets because that's all that was left. So usually we do a lot of testing here on the farm, and it's really cool, and we have a lot of fun doing it. And the companies enjoy it. They like it. Some of them end up being sponsors. Some don't, either because we don't like the product or even if they do, say, hey, we like this product, but we're just not going to use it on our farm. But I can see where it may be beneficial to others out there, so uh, we'll, we'll promote it and they're advertised. But I thought the feed study was really, really cool, and I'm anxious to see uh, the last study we're going to do with them when we put it in their feeder and see uh, the first three or four days they eat the scratch grains out of this complete feed uh, and not eat the pellets but because that's all that's left. Okay, I'm hungry. And again, they're kids. It's just like, you know, my five and my six and eight year old. It's like, okay, you put mashed potatoes on their plate, you put green beans on their plate, and you put, you know, whatever on their plate. And what what's the first thing to go? You know, they're going to eat their chips. They're going to eat uh, mashed potatoes. They're going to eat, the, you know, applesauce. And then the last thing that they're going to eat and complain about it is their broccoli or their green beans or something like that. So same thing. And so, um, it's it's uh, it's interesting if that happens too if they just leave the pellets and ignore them or if they eventually will eat them so we've got all the stuff going on here on the uh, farm and it's very exciting and we're having a great time let's go ahead over here and bring on our good friend Jessica Bilger because we're going to be talking about what's new Hi. in the backyard poultry today and we also have a couple of guests hey Jess thanks for joining us I, I figure we'll go ahead yeah. and get the guests on and talk about all of their awesome stuff and then towards the end um, we'll talk about um, kind of the coop crate and, and what's going to happen with that and, and wherever you want to take that and kind of why we're going to continue this every fourth Thursday and, and kind of our goals with this. And we can get some feedback. People can email us what they'd like to do or see uh, in the show. Yeah. But I figured we'd go ahead and uh, and get the guest on. But thank you so much for joining us. I know a lot's going on. You sent me some emails. I'm not going to talk about it over the year because it's personal. And But uh, you're, you're going through a lot between family and then extended family and um, so we're yeah. definitely going to keep you and your family in our prayers. That's 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 crazy. Um, so let let me go get. Um, let's see. We've got uh, Sky Girl Farm is the business. Jordan um, yeah. is uh, I'm assuming uh, is the name and a hatching eggs. So I'm interested mm-hmm. in this too because I may be in the market as well. So I'm going to get over here back to the studio and I'm going to see. She is calling from a eight three two number. And I see her right here. So let's go ahead and get right to our guest today, and then we'll have some host chat a little later. And Jordan, you are on the air now. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Andy. Hi, Jordan. Jessica. Thank Hi. you for having you me. Today? I'm doing yeah, great. How are you coming on? Yeah, thank you we, so much. Yeah, right now, Jordan and I are in a giveaway actually hosted by a previous guest, uh, Faith and Farm. She's the one that makes the herbs and things like that. Um, yeah, she has some really cool products. But anyway, so we're in a giveaway together, and I threw it out there yesterday. So I was really excited that she could make it today, and because um, I love, 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 love what she's doing. So tell us about your business. Um, tell us uh, about how you started. Okay. Um. So I'm Jordan of Skygirl Farm. We are a small family-owned farm in Cleveland, Texas, which is about an hour north of Houston. Um, our tagline is pastured livestock, rainbow eggs, and heirloom produce. So we focus on organic gardening with um, different heirloom varieties. Um, in addition to gardening, we also have different pastured 
um, livestock, such as um, different types of goats. We have Nigerians and boar goats, but our main focus is poultry. So we raise pastured poultry for meat, um, eating eggs, and hatching eggs. Awesome. That's so cool. And um, how did you guys get started doing that? And what type of, what are your um, favorite birds that you hatch? My favorite birds that I hatch are mostly hybrids. We really specialize in a color for our customers. I really love our olive eggers. They are a hybrid mix of marrons and different blue layers, so Americanas, um, cream-crested like bars. Some of them are Easter egg mixes. Um, they just give you those gorgeous shades of green that have speckles. Um, I think the best part about breeding them is you really just don't know what they're going to lay. So it's always really fun yeah, to see gorgeous. how those mixes play out. Thank you. We worked really hard on a lot of our um, all of our lines. We have um, F1 through S6 generation. So we've been working on them for a few years now. I love um, it. No, your Instagram feed is so gorgeous. With all the pretty Thank you. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Um, I never thought that I would have so much fun taking photos of eggs, but it's pretty neat. So we, we really enjoy. Um, <laughs> it's also kind of I'm therapeutic. A little obsessed you just get it. to lay them out there. I, I'm obsessed with it. So it's nice to know that I'm not the only one. No. And it's really cool <laughs> to know that we'll be able to start shipping these eggs and other people will get to have these varieties in their own backyards. I think that's, that's the really cool part about it for me is our passion really and our fun. projects will get to be um, shared with others. But um, back awesome. to your question about how we got started. Um, we are city folks. We are first generation farmers, um, which is a rather large city. And my mm-hmm. husband and I just really wanted to learn more about, about the food that we were putting in our body and really just connect with our food. So we really kind of started more, as a homestead and not necessarily a farm per se. Um, and we had no prior farming knowledge. Um, so we actually enrolled in the Texas Master Gardener Program and became certified to learn more about organic gardening. And chickens just kind of happened. I feel like they're kind of the, the gateway animal for a lot of um, new farmers. <laughs> we, really are. <laughs> uh, we, we get one chicken, we get another chicken. Um, I remember the day that I found out that there weren't just white and brown eggs. Um, that was pretty mind-blowing for me. Um, so the first breed that I really obsessed over were the Americanas. And then, you know, once you get the blue eggs, you realize, oh, I can breed this one with a brown layer. And then all of a sudden you have green eggs. So it just kept going from there. That's so cool and so much fun. It's, Do you it's have been oh, a journey. <laughs> Go ahead. No, I love that. No, me and my uh, my husband's family had a farm, but they had really – It'd been on and off for years, and so this is my first farm too. So we're kind of all figuring out. It's funny what a learning process yes. it really well, can be. You know, it definitely has some steep learning curves. But I'm really thankful for the yeah. Instagram community because there's so many of us that are lovingly stumbling our way through this lifestyle, and it's just great that we can all pull mm-hmm. from pull from each other's um, experiences and knowledge. I do love that, too. It's nice to be able to go on there and be like, okay, I have a question. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but it's so fun. So I met your, um, um, I met your, oh, sorry. I met okay. your uh, Facebook right now, and I was going oh, through great. Uh, Sky Girl Farm, and I was looking through it, and uh, it, 
you know, my next book coming out in August, I think, is uh, The Chicken Whisperer's Guide to Zero Waste Chicken Keeping, So, which we know there's, it's impossible. It's kind of a, <laughs> a fake, you know, title. There's it's no a lofty thing. goal, but... It but... Talks, yeah. <laughs> it, it, yeah, exactly. So, but I'm looking here. It just caught my eye. Um, this was from June of 16, I think. And it says, our Cornish have a visitor. The Cardinals have been stopping by to grab the leftover feed. But I'm looking at this um, uh, this coop. It looks like it's made from some tin and some pallets and some other things, it looks like. Is that for your chickens or your goats? Or... Um, um. Do you know what you, do you know what I'm we, talking about? We Hopefully try, I'm on the right page. I think I know what you're talking about. Yes, you're on the right page. Um, we try to reuse as many materials um, as possible when building our coop, yeah. as long as we can do it in a way that still protects the birds um, in a sound mm-hmm, structural mm-hmm. way. But it makes us really happy to know that we can use materials that would have otherwise ended up in a landfill. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, look at that. I said, I know what they're doing there. That's perfect. Yeah, so very good. That's awesome. Lots of eggs. I'm not, not going to lie. I was, really, sure. I was really excited when our hay barn got taken out by a windstorm because that's what ended up being my coop. It is not even the same, but yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> the so entire we had structure, I made it to ours. We had a storm come through in 2016 that blew the center panel off of our huge hay barn, and we used that oh, afterwards no. for part That's of the, um, the coop roof. So it worked out, and it's actually really nice because now we can walk from one pasture to the other without walk, having to walk through the or around the hay barn. But that's funny yeah. that <laughs> I also had a um, what some people might have considered a catastrophe, but it ended up working out in our favor. No, it took out our pool, too, but I'm not going to lie. I was oh, really no. excited about that as well. No, I hate having a pool. I hated it. <laughs> I was like, yay, it's gone. My husband and everybody, and I'm the only one that's like, yay. <laughs> In but, Texas, whoops, we just I have ponds, so no pools here. But, yeah. But we do have some ponds on the property, which are nice. Yeah. But we do try to um, do everything in as sustainable as a manner as possible. Um, like Andy said, it's hard to do zero waste with chickens, but um, we do try to uh, to do what we can there. Yeah. So look, um, it also looks like um, you're, yeah, that's awesome. And, but you're, you're, so it looks to me just from a simple glance um, that I've, you've capitalized on that those, those obviously tons of pictures you focus on like egg color. So you've got the, you've got that market, I guess, where you're like, Oh my God, look at these pretty eggs and I'm at all the colors and things. So you're really at the end of the day, more into uh, not necessarily qu- uh, quantity, but and quality, but bas- basically the, the, the uh, showmanship, if you will, of the eggs, which for your customers, yeah. which really live when they open up that carton and there's just this rainbow mm-hmm. of speckled eggs and the dark brown and the blues and the greens, they're really, really enjoying that, uh, it looks like to me, versus just saying, okay, our goal here is to get as many brown eggs as we can out. We're going to use a sex link or a production red or something like that and say, here, here's eggs or here's that. You've got that kind of that niche market, Definitely. if you will, for it. it seems like your customers are like, oh, look at the beautiful rainbow colors. I love this. <laughs> I've had them sometimes. Yeah, we've tried like really hard to. Go ahead, sorry. No, that's not fun. Oh, no. You wouldn't believe me how much people actually get. People really do, like, <laughs> go after that specifically. I'm not like, there's all these ladies yeah. I know, they're like, 
where do I get this type of chicken? Because I need to eat. Yeah. And I've been getting plenty of messages about um, the the heavy blooms and the olives. um, People wanting to know what they are and how they can get them. Um, Yeah, it's funny that people just, they want the color, which is great because that's what we offer. So pretty excited about that. And and you're right, Andy. We would have folks. Yeah, I was going to say, back in the day, we would have folks that when we had a nice array of – and we did that for a purpose. So when people would come over, um, of course, we had the biosecurity, but we, they could say, yes. okay, so that's what a mm-hmm. silky looks like. That's what a Polish – that's that's these breeds. Oh, that's a before pretend that's a bar. So we had all – you know, these are our um, Easter eggers, whatever. But I'd have people just say, now, can I get a dozen of just those green ones or a dozen of just the green blue or a dozen of the olive and like no you cannot because in every because everybody else does. so you'll get you know two or three you know or four most of yes. them will be brown you'll have the some white and, but no you cannot have just a dozen of you know uh eggs from my you know uh, easter eggers no you cannot so uh but yeah as many times as I have people ask that can i just get a dozen of the blue or the green or the whatever so uh, nope you may not because <laughs> everybody wants yeah we're kind of in the same Boat with that. I'm hoping we can reach out over there. Oh, sorry. They do. It's so funny. I love that. The colored eggs. I have some people um, because we we started with selling um, pastured eggs for eating, and we did sell colored eggs um, in those eating for those eating eggs. They were mostly um, Easter eggers with some sex links and some like horns, but um, we sold wholesale to a chef and. He loved the colored eggs, and they would set them out and display them um, in the oh. the dining area so that people could see. You know, they're not just these store-bought white eggs. Um, but some people would get really weird about the blue eggs, like they think maybe there was something wrong with them or the green, you know. Were they moldy? Were they bad? So oh. it's just, they really just kind of <laughs> open a conversation and get people interested in chickens and chicken keeping in general because most people don't know that there's there's more out there than just your your white store-bought eggs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, we had we used to have ducks. We had a huge flock of ducks. But people would get freaked out by their eggs. And everybody always talked about how much bigger they are. They're really not that much bigger than chicken eggs. At least ours weren't. But they do kind of have more of a, like, translucent. A little bit the mm-hmm. shells, a little bit more translucent. It's just as strong, but it's actually stronger. But it looks translucent, and everybody always thought that they were bad. And I'm like, no, oh, they're no. definitely... <laughs> they're that's actually that's twice amazing. the protein, but... Oh, yeah, we don't them. have ducks just yet, but I I really like them. It's something we might consider bringing on this summer. I've heard they're messy, but they're so cute. So I don't know. Messy. I don't know if the cuteness factor offsets the messy factor for me though. And plus, we Ours have a doll. Are duplicated? What breed do you oh, have? We had actually a white variety. We had like the black um, Indian runners. We had some Swedish blues. Oh, are you talking about ducks or chickens? <laughs> I'm talking about ducks. <laughs> the ducks actually, the, okay, so the, the um, Swedish blues and the Cayugas, they actually lay more of a black egg. It's yes, kind of they look like dragon eggs. Yes, they're cool looking, but uh, people used to get really freaked out by them. <laughs> like, here's a black egg. Well, they're, they're, they're lost. Cute. You can send all the black ones to me. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll hatch them or you know eat them or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny, but anyway, no, it's it's. I love seeing the pictures of your eggs, but it is it's really cool that you can 
do kind of the hybrid thing and breed them in a certain way. That's so fascinating to me. So I love that. Now, do you do you ship when you talk about you sell hatching eggs? Do you ship um, in the lower 48, or is this pretty much local yes. for you guys? Or do you have folks that um, okay, gotcha. Yeah, we just started shipping. Uh, we are not shipping chicks yet. I'm not. I don't feel confident enough to ship chicks just yet. Um, so we are shipping on a limited basis, and we we also do local pickup. So we do local pickup for eggs um, and chicks, but just chicks are being shipped currently. But I'm so hoping you... we can offer chicks later this summer. Yeah. And so we are I... trying to grow in, in a, at a sustainable rate. So we aren't. I mean, I definitely want to to offer chicks and offer offer more, but at the same time, you know, we're working our way up there. No, it's good to do it that way. That way, you can. It's there's a lot of people that rush into it, and then I feel like aren't prepared for. Yeah, it's better. <laughs> I'm glad. That's good. Thanks. So yeah, give us just... um, all of the. Give us all the outlets where folks can can the Facebook, the Instagram. If you're on Twitter, uh, Pinterest, I guess there's all of those, and even more, I guess. But um, if because um, I'm going to take uh, why do we need we have another guest that's uh, holding, and of course because I yapped a lot about what we were doing here on our homestead with our guests, uh, we were in, uh, over a little bit. But um, but um, so tell tell all the listeners so we can make sure they get this information how they can find you and all the social media outlets. Okay, so again, we're Sky Girl Farm. I'm most active on Instagram. Our handle is Sky Girl Farm. We are also on Facebook. You can find us by searching for our name. We are in the process of putting our website together. We have the domain purchase. It's www.skygirlfarm.com. It's currently not live. I'm hoping it will be live in a few weeks, but I run all of those sites, so you can reach me through any of those mediums. Awesome. That's awesome. And according to the pictures, you've got uh, a little one that's running around the farm too? Yes. Yes, my baby Aww. farmer. He helps me fill the waterers and the feeders, and we tractor all of our chickens. So we move the tractors every day. Um, he's a great help. Yeah. Aww. He loves <laughs> it. Saw lots of pictures there too, so very cool. Well, yes, hey, thank, thank you, you very much. Thanks for joining us today. That's awesome. Growing a homestead and farm and the, yeah, the egg pictures are very impressive and I love that y'all are trying to be as sustainable as possible and zero waste as possible. That's always a plus and, uh, and taking it like the rest of us, just kind of one day at a time and growing in baby yes. steps and, and getting it done. So, uh, Jordan, thank you so yes. much for joining us today. Thank you. Yes, thank I you. am so honored to get to chat with you guys. I really appreciate, um, the time and energy you guys put into the show and allowing us small business owners um, to have some spotlight. So thank you so much. Yes, thank you for being with us. All right, thank well, you, you guys so have a lot. That, <laughs> we will. Yep, that is Sky Girl Farm, um, and they're in Texas, Sky Girl Farm. So check them out, of course, on uh, Facebook and also uh, over on Instagram and their their website skygirlfarm.com will be coming to play here shortly. So let me get over here to the next and we've got cuz I don't want to they may have a meeting to go to. I want to make sure and this is Trowel and Time and it's of course Laura and uh, product is a garden designer. So let me get her over here and that's uh, 360 and I think I said it was Yep, Laura. So let me get back over here to the switchboard. Boom. 
Laura, you are now live <laughs> with Jess and Andy. Thanks so much for joining us today. Hi, Hi guys. Beth. Thanks for having me. Yes, yeah. it's so nice to talk to you. We are, um, It's she's actually in Washington State, too, like me. She's just, everybody's up north. They're not cool enough to be, like, close to me. So, <laughs> 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 we have a lot of people on the show from Washington. It's really funny. It's just happened that way. <laughs> so, tell funny. us about what you do. I know Andy will love what you do. So, well, Trowel and Time is a kitchen garden coaching company. Um, like you said, here in the Pacific Northwest, we're in Vancouver, Washington, just outside of Portland. Um, okay, you're not north, then, and... sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. You're west um, or east. The... Oh, goodness, I can't think. Yeah, it's <laughs> not working. Southeast. There you go. <laughs> um, we design, install, and maintain raised beds, herb, and vegetable gardens for people. So we can do everything from just help you with um, getting a plan that you want to do by yourself to helping people, like, guide them along the way if they want to do DIY and just, like, need the guidance. Or we can do turnkey designing, installing, and maintaining your raised bed vegetable and herb garden for you if you don't. If you only want to harvest... (laughs) and have somebody yeah. else care for it, we can do that too. So do you have people send you, like, a dimensions of where they're wanting and then you guys sort of plot out based on where the sun is and what time of year and where, you know, where you're at? Exactly. So Does that make sense? Okay. If, yeah, yeah. If you're not in Vancouver, Washington, Portland area, then I will have you send me, like, a picture of your plot and then have you measure out the measurements for your plot. And then from there, we go and do the design. And then um, I like to do, like, a FaceTime or Skype call after it is designed just to, like, explain everything. Because if you just hand over a plan, it's like, yeah. does this even make sense? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Now I love That's how that. That's for and- everybody. Sorry. Is it all raised beds? Or... Oh, no, you're fine. We're bad about interrupting each other here. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so is it like a um, – is it all raised beds, or do you ever do it where it's just like a plant? Well, I guess it would be hard not to do a raised bed. That's where we have problems yeah. with ours is we plant the pumpkins and the gourds, and we have corn, tomatoes, strawberries. We have grapevines. We have everything. And it never fails. The gourds and the pumpkins, well, they do what they want. They just grow wherever they want. <laughs> it doesn't matter. That's I don't great. even plant them anymore because they just grow wherever they want. But they end up in the I middle mean, of my corn. Or, well, it is. Oh, yeah, it's frustrating. <laughs> right. But, like, yeah, they go into the middle or they'll choke out some of my plants because the gourds yeah. especially will get really thick. So yeah. a raised bed is probably yeah. a better idea. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm pretty I, sure they get over that, it. too. <laughs> Yeah, they can. Oh, yeah. So the trail, any trailing plant can kind of go wherever it wants. But, yeah, I, I like to focus on the raised beds because it's better, like it's easier on predators or not, not predators, pests, sorry. I know what you mean. Um, <laughs> I guess they technically are predators. The predators um, of plants. <laughs> that's right. It's easier on weeds and honestly, it's easier on my back. <laughs> Um, I get that, yeah. 
so, yeah, and it's just easier to amend the soil. And I feel like there's a lot of, like, bonuses to a raised bed as opposed to in-ground. Yeah. And I'm not I'm not opposed to in-ground. Like, oh, we can help you figure that out, too. Um, so many benefits Where's the cutoff? to a raised bed. That was Go my ahead. question because we've got a little bit of everything here. Um, in fact... My wife right now is outside talking about reuse and recycle and repurpose. Uh, we had I a, love repurposing. Actually, we bought we mm-hmm. bought it for our ducks. It was just basically an eight dollar and eighty eight cent round um, kitty pool at Walmart. And so she's mm-hmm. out there right now uh-huh. drilling holes in the bottom of it. And then she's going to put some wood chips in the bottom of it, and then she's going to put some soil on top of that and put our onions in it. She did that with our potatoes. We have some 55-gallon plastic barrels that we had cut in half, and she did the potatoes that way, growing them from the top, adding dirt, having them come up through. But then we have our large, probably, let's see, seven, two thousand square feet, I guess, in-ground garden. We have, of course, our corn and our wow. tomatoes. So where, where's where's the cutoff? Like like um, with with like a, when you go out to somebody's house, and obviously for most people, budget's an issue. And I understand if they have mm-hmm. a subdivision and they have a quarter acre. But where where would you say, in your opinion, would be, well, raised beds really are not for you. The, with your ambition and the size of a garden that you want, yeah, we could make it one big, large uh, raised bed, or we could make a, you know, 50 uh, four-by-eight beds, you know, uh, or whatever, but cost-effective, you know, um, I mean, do people grow corn in a four-by-eight raised bed? I mean, I'm guessing they do. They do everything in raised beds. But where, where do you think that cutoff would be? Like, would, I want a 2,000-square-foot garden. Well, that would be unpractical for a raised bed. Is there, a, is there in your mind, when you go out to a place, well, you know, a, a square footage of where you want to say you probably are best <laughs> getting the tiller out, getting a piece of land, tilling it up, you know, amending that soil, and doing an in-earth in versus a raised bed? Honestly, yeah. I'm wondering um, that too because I sent her a video of my garden. My garden's <laughs> probably did. about four thousand square feet. I'm not. It's bigger than my house and my porches. Yeah, yeah. It's huge. <laughs> so yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Um, honestly, for me, I don't even know that there is a cutoff. I would say it comes down to preference, uh, budget, and obviously you want to think about your time. Um, mm-hmm. I think anything can be maybe not all at one time. So, like, say for, like, Jessica's plot, you might want to just do, like, I don't know, like a 40 by 40 cutout plot first, and then you can always add on and add on and add on later if you want to do raised beds. If you really want to do in-ground, then, yeah, do that from the get-go. And obviously it will save you some money. No. Not to have all your secrets um, broadcast, but like, <laughs> like with a raised bed, because we did raised beds with my wife's school. She, we did one outside her classroom, and then she had Home Depot come in and put in some raised beds out of every kindergarten classroom. Um, I, I built one, and then it got torn down, and then we had the Home Depot come in and do one. But I guess with raised beds, there's got to be a maximum width, because if I'm outside of the bed on squatting or on my knees, I can only lean over so far from either side, I'm guessing. So I guess you're limited on raised bed size without having to actually get in it and walk in it and weed it. Or So you're, I guess, not, I'm not saying it limited in a bad way. You just design-wise, uh, convenience-wise, right, right. 
it would only have to be so wide, so on either side, whatever your reach is to be able to reach that. I mean, as long as you can go, but on is it is it what is it five feet wide, six feet wide? I guess it depends on if you're 80 or you're 18, <laughs> based on your and yeah. your back, based on reach. Well, could you uh, put a that, that would come into play too. Yeah, exactly. I don't know if you I could put, put walkways walk- or not. I, okay. I like to stay to like a four-foot-wide bed if I can. Obviously, that's not always going to be the case every time. Um, I would say, like, like maybe a six by six is even, like, kind of cutting it for reach sometimes. Yeah. Again, like you're saying, depending on age and all that. Um, so, yeah, things like that, I feel like always have to kind of be almost custom to figure out your needs. Because, like Jessica says, you can put a walkway, and then, like I like to do, is stick to like, I don't know, like an eight by four bed, and then you can do like position it different ways and stuff like that, so you can have multiple ones rather than trying to have one huge raised bed where you have to, like you said, either reach all the way across or like walk into. You don't want that. If that makes sense. <laughs> no, it totally does. That's so fascinating. It would be fun to figure that out. Yeah, I'm that person, though, where I love was. measuring and, like, doing that sort of yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like a puzzle, and that's part of, like, what I really yeah. love. It's just, like, figuring out how this is going to work for what they need. Now, do you all work we... with a company? I'm sorry. <laughs> do you all work with a company no, to provide that soil? Because I know here in Atlanta – Years ago, 12, 15 years ago, there was a guy named Farmer D. His name was Darren. Uh, uh, anyway, so and he actually, he's got a big place down near Savannah, Georgia, uh, where he does biomass and, and biodynamic soil. And he'll actually, he contracted with um, Whole Foods. And so he'll get like mm-hmm. all the spoilage from their produce department. They'll truck it down to his place in Savannah. They dump it, and he's got his equipment to just make this biomass and soil. And of course, he sells the soil out front of uh, Whole Foods uh, for however much per bag. So when you're looking at filling these things, like like yesterday, where you know Jen's like, "Hey, stop by Big Lots. They've got this, you know, potting mix, whatever soil potting mix, garden soil, whatever it's whatever per bag, and, and it's not cheap, um, but." Um, yeah. No, you got the, you know, so I mean, yeah. So like, do you have uh, a, spe- a place that maybe you have your own, but and you mix your own? But do you have a place that you would go and contact? Oh, I'm not there the yet. <laughs> special, special <laughs> soil to fill because that would be it. You so you got the beds you got to build. I'm guessing out of some type of wood, maybe cedar to keep it, you know, weather resistant or whatever. Then you've got the soil to add into that. And that, do you have, mm-hmm. I guess, different. Um, qualities of soil based on budget as well. Like we can do this full organic, we can do this biomass, we can do this compost, or we can just get regular old, you know, dollar ninety eight topsoil from wherever Walmart and put it in there. Uh, do you have different levels of quality of soil that you put in, or do you recommend just one? And do you have a, a good supplier for that? What are your kind of quality of your soil you're using? Yeah, um, I t- I will tend to most of my beds. I use uh, there's a soil supply here called Bigfoot. It's in Woodland, Washington, um, and he mm-hmm. does yes, like I've a four-way. There. You have? Yeah, we actually we lived in Bonneville, in North Bonneville, for um, like a year and a half when my husband was working oh. at the dam down there. So I know exactly where you are. <laughs> we used to live there. <laughs> so, cool. 
Um, yeah. But, yeah, he just recently opened, um, and he does, like, a four-way uh, with mushroom compost inside of it. Um, and the quality is just really good. And he is, like, loves helping local companies and, like, spreading the Aww. word on that. And then, like, you know, we help him, he helps us type thing. So I almost always I love just that. use him. Because, yeah, because he, the quality of the soil is so good. And he helps me, obviously, <laughs> and I bring him business. Um so for my beds, I generally use that, but I would say, like, you should just use whatever you can budget if you're going to do this on yeah. your own. Yeah. And don't, yeah, don't feel bad. I feel like you can kind of tend to get into some people being a little snobby about some stuff, and I don't think that's the way to yeah. go about it either. The point is, like, getting, to me, the point is getting vegetables homegrown and from yeah. your garden to your kitchen. So well, I got I mean, more it kind of reminds me of chickens with people who are like, oh, we want we only want cage-free eggs and this and that. And it's for me, or they want, somebody had at our grocery store, and I'm not saying anything bad about it, but they're like, oh, it's vegan-raised chickens. And I'm like, if they Ooh. free range, they're not vegan because mine eat yeah. just about any bug they can find or anything oh they God, can find. Right. They are meat eaters. So it's like, yeah. it's funny. Yeah, people like, don't think about they, that. They just ate that mouse over there. <laughs> not that we have mice all the time, <laughs> but you know what I mean. They'll find yeah, it. Yeah. And it's so gross. Um, but, I mean, it's I it cracks me up. <laughs> I'm like, well. But, but yeah, it reminds me. That that whole topic reminds me, and, and again, there's things we buy here, organic. In fact, the soil, I guess, my wife just had to buy was organic. So, I mean, it's not like we're anti-herb, anti-organic. People know me long enough to no. know I'm just shoot yeah, it shoot yeah. it straight but it's like people will spend forty dollars a bag for organic feed and then they're feeding handfuls mm-hmm. and handfuls of mealworms coming out of china that aren't organic and and so i'm like yeah. wait a minute you're spending fifty dollars yeah. a bag for organic feed and then giving the mealworms from china that aren't organic and you're all those food scraps that aren't organic it seems to me that that's is and then i asked them i said do you not see that as hey i've got some more questions about your soil and soil amendments and things like do you have a few more minutes i got to go to commercial break can you stay yeah. with us for a little bit yeah yeah that's awesome. awesome. <laughs> Jessica, let me go to commercial break, and then, and then I'll okay. put you guys on mute, and then we'll return. So, folks, if you're tuning in, thank you so much. If you missed any part of the show, it will be archived as a podcast and will be available in its entirety here shortly after the live broadcast. And this is titled What's New in Backyard Poultry. That name may change, uh, and Jessica will tell us uh, about the coop crate deals and things like that um, when we return. But I, I got some more questions about soil amendments and um, to get her thinking cap going, uh, red worms and worm bins and adding any type of worms and raising worms. Also, uh, chicken tractors that you can actually lift up on top of the beds uh, in the off-season. So your your chickens can turn that soil and, and poop in there and eat weed seeds and things like that uh, in the off-season. Then you just remove that, that custom-made tractor off of that bed, and then you've got uh, amended soil that's already got a lot of fertilizer in it as, as well. So we'll talk about that. I've got all kinds of questions. So um, you're listening to Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer, and we'll be back right after after this short break, so make sure you stay with us. Metzer Farms is now hatching and shipping the premier egg layer. This girl is consistently like laying jumbo eggs with a higher nutrient density and Football. lower water content than your eggs now. Hey, she remember, is an extremely my show's hardy over. bird. I'm going to deliver eggs and together, okay? Egg I'll throw a little bit with you. Allowing for year-round outdoor production. Outside. 
an eggshell unmatched in sturdiness and thickness, making cracks a thing of the past. Increase your health and double your egg profits. Of course, we're talking about ducks. Duck eggs are revered by chefs for their succulent flavor and by bakers for being the better baking egg. Learn more about this extraordinary duck, the Golden 300, or any of our other 35-plus breeds of ducks and geese at MetzerFarms.com and order your next flock from us. Hey, it's the Chicken Whisperer. If you're in the market for a new incubator, then look no further than GQF. They have a great selection of tabletop and cabinet-style incubators at prices you can afford. I love my GQF Genesis Model 1588. It has a large picture window and an automatic thermostat, which makes for a better hatch every time. Go pick out your new incubator at GQFradio.com. That's GQFradio.com. Come back. Come back, back. Come back. Come back. Come back, 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 From our family to yours, feed your chickens the way nature intended. Pure, wholesome goodness. Kalmbach Feeds. Visit our website at kalmbachfeeds.com. That's K-A-L-M-B-A-C-H feeds.com. Or order today on Amazon.com. Kalmbach Feeds is a proud sponsor of the Chicken Whisperer. Ideal Poultry has been a family-owned and operated business since 1937. Their business is built on customer service and quality poultry. From rare white and brown egg layers to broilers, ducks, turkeys, and bantams, Ideal Poultry is the largest supplier of backyard poultry in the United States, shipping close to 5 million chicks annually. Visit them online at IdealPoultry.com. That's IdealPoultry.com. Hey, Chicken Whisperer fans, I'm proud to partner with Rita Marie's Chicken Coops. Rita Marie's provides American-made, built-to-order chicken coops with the highest quality and attention to detail. Their mission is to empower Americans with self-sufficiency while making America's backyards beautiful. I have one of their coops. I'm using it for my Bovin's Brown Layers. I went with a Dutch-style coop that has a classic barn style, and I was able to pick the size, features, and paint and trim colors that I wanted. I was surprised at the overall detail and the quality of construction. Rita Marie's builds the highest quality Amish-crafted coops made to your order for an easy hands-off experience. Remember that not all Amish products are created equal. Find your beautiful new coop at largechickencoops.com. That's largechickencoops.com. Cackle Hatchery is a third-generation, family-owned and operated hatchery. They offer over 193 varieties of poultry shipped directly from their facility in Missouri. It's their mission to enhance your life by providing you with quality poultry for showing, meat, enjoyment, eggs, and pets. They specialize in hatching purebred poultry and shipping day-old chicks right to your local post office since 1936. 4-H and FFA Youth Poultry Clubs get a 10% discount. Check out their website, CackleHatchery.com, for posted weekly specials and discounts. That's CackleHatchery.com. 
All right, thanks very much for, uh, for staying with us. I'm going to share with you also a contest that my friends over at uh, Coop Care are doing on their Facebook page uh, with their product, uh, Chick Fresh, which we tested here for several months before it came to market. And there's not a, I mean, the reviews have been outstanding. I said, like, don't take my word for it. Uh, even though you saw me use it, you saw me test it, you heard about my uh, apprehensions, you heard about, you know, I'm kind of uh, uh, at first to have like, I don't know, but now that's, we, we use it here and every single review has been like, yeah, I didn't have, you know, big expectations either, but oh my gosh, I use it in my cat litter box. I'm using it with my um, um, chicken coops and my brooders and elimin uh, eliminating that dust in the brooder and the smell, uh, but it works. But what they're doing over there, if you go to Facebook and then search for, for Coop Care, they're the makers of the uh, Chick Fresh product because um, they want to get this in the store that's already on Amazon. They want to get in some stores, local stores, where you shop. Uh, they're in Tractor Supply, but they want the mom and pops as well. So if you go over to their Facebook page and type in uh, and leave a comment that say, hey, my local feed store, it's called Cherokee Feed and Seed. This is their phone number. Uh, I would love to have your product here in the store. The deal say, hey, Lauren buys from you, and uh, hey, she said that y'all might benefit from carrying our product so and then and then basically if they end up getting a case or two then you get a free bottle uh, just for doing that so how long does it take to say oh yeah Cherokee feed and seed right here in Gainesville Georgia this is their phone number ask for uh, Randy and then you know next thing you know if they make an order you get a free bottle for for your time in doing that so that's really cool coop care search for it over at Facebook and uh, take advantage of that awesome contest let me go ahead and bring uh, the young ladies back here and uh, continue talking we've got Jess and then we've got I believe it's yeah. Laura or Lauren and um, Laura. So my question Laura. about the soil soil amendments is that um, so you've got you've got the soil you've got a place for soil but you're like hey it's all about the homegrown you got to do what you got to do with what you got at the time and your budget totally get it um, and uh, mm -hmm. but what about um, adding any type of because uh, we do compost we have compost once that's pretty much composted down we put it in the garden but there's two things I mentioned one about the the red worms uh, using those mm -hmm. maybe I have a worm hotel I have a worm bin and I can take so many of those because they multiply very quickly and and put maybe a handful yeah. in each one of those raised beds I'm not a worm expert so I don't know if they'll hang out there or if they'll just go away um, or if um, or also the other issue of having a I saw this like decades ago, uh, a, a little light kind of chicken tractor, not bottomless basically, and you just set this, basically it's a frame, maybe a hoop frame, uh, PVC that's kind of bent over, whatever, hoop, hoop type house, and you just kind of set that on top, let's say it's four by eight, you have this little top part, four by eight with the, the uh, hardware cloth or whatever, and you just set it on top of that bed, maybe in the off season if you're not growing anything in it, and for maybe a month, you've got the chickens in there scratching around, moving in and turning that door, tur soil, turning that soil, pooping in it, and then maybe uh, two months before you're planting that, you move it and get the chickens back over to the, where they're normally at, and then you can amend that soil and get that worked in there. Have, have um, have you seen that? Have, do you do anything with that? Uh, have you, do you have something, an idea like that? So either the worms are even using that kind of mobile chicken house to go made specially custom to go over the raised beds. What's your thoughts on those ideas? I, I like that. I haven't actually seen the mobile one, but the worm mm -hmm. bin, I'm working on that and hoping to have it going this year um, with amending client soil I usually just yearly or after the season's over do a test to see like what amendments they will need um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because since a lot of my clients 
not all of them, but some of them are in Portland. They don't always have, like, like for instance, I'm building a vertical garden for one client, so she won't be able to use that tractor, like, at all, you know, so I'll have to hand do that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But, yeah, my goal is to get that where I've been going because it is so beneficial to all gardens. Um, well, you got yeah. the castings, so, I guess. The, it's called castings you can use, right? And the worm tea, I guess they call it too, the liquid, yeah. plus the cat, the worm castings at the end. You can use both of those uh, for, I guess, fertilizer um, and um, for that, plus the worms themselves. Uh, last question, because I want to get this in before before we have to go. Mm-hmm. I guess, yeah. what about weeding? Is there any, I know, I know hand pulling the weed, getting the root out in the raised bed garden is probably the best way. And you're looking at, what, four by eight. So it's not like you have this, you know, acres of weeds. Uh, so I'm guessing that would be the first and obvious choice is to just, hey, you know, just get it, pull it out from the root, and you're done. Um, but is there any type of, have you come across anything that you use that's, again, not the, you know, something that's more all natural or a good weed uh, control thing that you would add in or spray. I'm guessing with the raised beds, the easiest thing is just to pull the sucker and be done with it. Uh, but is there anything that, that you have or you carry or you suggest to folks about weed control in a raised bed? Or because maybe you put a liner yeah. underneath. It's not. It's really a non-issue. But, but tell us about the weed control in a raised bed setting. Well, like you said, I think if you're going to just start out and, like, you have nothing and you're going to build it all, the weed control at the bottom, um, the cloth mm-hmm. and everything, that is going to be your best bet to block them at the bottom. Um, after that, then, yeah, I usually just hand pull because, I mean, it depends on the size of the bed, so it could get out of control, but as long as you're on top of it, hopefully, <laughs> which can be impossible sometimes, then... Um, hand pulling is probably your best bet because if you don't want to spray, obviously, your yeah. stuff, then, which I don't like spraying my, my stuff personally. My last question, I'll turn Did over I? to Jessica for, for a list of questions she may have is, what about ants? <laughs> I've never had a raised bed garden. Raised bed garden, now we're down, I don't know about Washington, but down here we got every kind of ant known to man, fire ants, black ants, mm. piss ants, sugar yeah. ants, you name it, they're out here. <laughs> And so every one I've ever had, I, I have an ant issue. And we've tried stuff, especially at her school with the kids. Okay, someone said, oh, pour club soda all of them or down the hole. No club soda. You know, or what about um, diatomaceous earth? I got, we got fire ants out here. I got uh, two inches of diatomaceous Nothing. So so what, I mean, I guess am I, am I dreaming or is I'm just having bad luck? Because every raised band we've ever had, we get ants in it. So what what do you recommend to do for insects, not just ants, but other insects that may say, wow, this is awesome, wonderful loam, and I can get in and make my home here and I have a food source. And what do you do for that with the raised beds? Because that's always been an issue, at least ants, um, with, yeah. with our, all our raised beds. How do you how do you combat that? So I haven't had an issue with ants too bad, but we have had quite a few other pests. Um, and in the spring... And really, I'll just try to use it for as long as possible. But I like to kind of hoop it and then do the bug netting on top of it. But I don't think that would solve your ant issue. <laughs> but that's right. a good. That's that's one stumping me because I haven't actually encountered that too bad yet. Ooh, must, yeah, be, must be a regional so thing. Know, really, yeah. really, really. Well, it's it's a lot wetter where she is. Yeah. Um, not necessarily uh-huh. humidity wise. 
But as far as like in Vancouver, I don't know if it's as much North Bonneville when we live there. It's the rainiest part like of yeah. Washington State. Whereas when you're on my side, we actually live in the desert. Like we don't have any pine uh, yeah, trees yeah. here. And so we oh, get wow. ants insane. But it's, yeah, no, it's, they're definitely, I have a battle right now going. <laughs> well, now I want to do some, now I want to do some research and find out for you guys. Oh, they drive me crazy. But Yeah, I'm from Virginia yeah. originally, and we used to get them real bad out there. But that was like before I was doing this for other people. I was just doing it personally. And I would just kind of like let it go, which isn't the answer either. Well, we no, we have there's no other choice sometimes but to just let it go. So okay, yeah, we just have to have to live with these things, the ants. So, um, Jessica, any questions before we um, let her go, or tell us how people can find her and reach her and Facebook and yes. Twitter and Instagram and Pinterest and all that? Let her uh, do that. But any more any follow up questions from you, Jess? Um, honestly, uh, the only thing I would ask is about the the netting on or that we've used the fabric that goes over to try to help with like weed barrier. But yeah. where we live, there's wind, a lot of wind. So you can put um, that on and then it just blows on top of it. And it just grows on top. <laughs> the weeds are so bad here. It's not even funny. Like my entire flower bed out front is covered at this point. I'm looking oh, at it dude. going, I'm just going to rotisole the whole thing. Like there's no way I'm getting it. <laughs> but is there any other option than the weed barrier type thing that might work a little bit better or am I just. Another option is like you can plant like a cover crop, like in the spaces that you have where your oh. like official crop won't be, which I always like to do because then that grows faster than the weeds and it's prettier and it's putting nitrogen yeah. back into your soil. So yeah. it's okay. really benefiting the plants all around. Um, and that's actually a prettier option than the weed barrier a lot of times, too. Yeah. Okay. So that idea. would be my other alternative because, you know, they can get out of control and that helps that, like, the cover crop to just grow a lot faster instead of weeds. Nice. That's awesome. I'm going to have to look into that. Yeah. Oh, but, yeah, red, no, tell, red us, your, what, is tell us your face. Oh, what are? Red clover. Okay. Or white clover. That Those okay. are two great ones. I'm writing it down. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, give, us, yeah, my, your, give us your social links, too, so that uh, people can get back my, to you. I mostly use Instagram, and I have Twitter, too. I don't have Facebook because, like Jordan from Sky Girl Farms, I do this all myself. So social media yeah. can get really intense sometimes. Um Yes. So I have Instagram and Twitter, and they're both Crow and Time. Um, and then also, like, my website, and that's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah. And what is your website? Tell us your, your uh, website, because I was Trowlandtime. there earlier. Trowlandtime.com. So. Just Trowlandtime.com. Okay. And that's your Instagram link, too, correct? It's trial dot. Okay, I'm going and looking again. Trial. Give us your hint. Trial dot and dot time. Because somebody okay. else has trial and time, and they're not even using it. <laughs> no, I have that. They probably have Coop Crate. They have its co-op crate, and they haven't had a co-op crate in years. And I'm like, just damn it. <laughs> it's, 
It's so frustrating. Like, just give it to me. <laughs> but yeah, so between all the words. And there, there it is. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it. That sounds pretty awesome. Uh, love what you're doing. Thank you guys and, uh, for Come back me. and see us. Yeah, come back yeah, again you. anytime. Thank awesome. Thank you. Um, yeah, so grateful for all everything you guys do, and like you, like just Jordan said, <laughs> um, helping out the small businesses and everything is so great of you guys. Yeah, I love it. It's so nice. Love to do it. Well, thanks know, for joining us. Yeah, yeah. and you. you have a great weekend. Have a good day. You too. Bye-bye. You. <laughs> you too. Bye. Okay, Jess, we're limited on time. My battery is actually about to go yeah. dead, and I'm not sure where my plug is. So Mine tell too. us, uh, <laughs> if you, you know, kind of elaborate. Um, well, we can just – we don't have to get all official, but we can just say that uh, we hope to continue the show, Jess and I, and yep. uh, we're going to come up with kind of a catchy name. And I think – because it's, it's been successful, and I think that it's a lot of people are interested in it, not obviously the businesses that we feature, but other people going, hey, I never heard about them, but that, that I, you know, I, I can send some business their oh, way yeah. because that's something I use anyway. So I, I think that we would continue the fourth Thursday of every month. We'll come up with a catchy name. It'll be Jess and myself, and, uh, and we'll do that. We'll have uh, we'll concentrate on maybe two or three, maybe not as many, but two or three um, companies each show, so they have a little bit more time to express, you know, their views and yes. their products and things like that. So maybe we'll concentrate on two to three max. Max would be three, um, and then we can have some host chat as well, and we'll focus on that. Not just women-owned businesses; it can be men or women, and we will obviously focus on smaller businesses and basement and garage businesses and women businesses as well. But shoot, if we want to have a McMurray come on <coughs> or a cackle or a yeah. or, or someone at that level as well, they're more than welcome to come on it, uh, on as well. But we definitely, our focus yes. will be on the smaller mom-and-pop businesses, which are, or maybe even new products that have come out um, with backyard chickens, things that would interest folks, or feel-good stories, chickens in the news, that, you know, that type of thing. Because the other three Thursdays yeah. are all about science and fact and, and disease, and we got the poultry veterinarians on, <laughs> and poultry scientists, and yeah. then this will be kind of more of a laid-back yeah, feel good, warm and fuzzy type of show that we've kind of strive for that, that that's worked. So we're gonna to try to do that uh, in the future with me and Jess. So that'll be awesome. Yes, I'm excited. I think it's gonna be a lot of fun, and we'll still be putting together. It'll be nice because we will still have seasonal boxes that are coming out, so I can share those people too. And we keep discovering new people all the time. So it's mm-hmm. it's a really fun community, and it'll be fun to be able to keep going and. And get so the monthly box, just to let our summer. folks know, <laughs> so the Coop Crate monthly box is, is no longer, correct? Yes. On a subscription basis, no, it is no longer. It's a personal decision. I mean, we have four children and a farm, and it's my second business, so I have two. Not that it's not as good, but you know what I mean. I have another business that's huge as well, so I wanted more time with the kids. And doing it on a subscription basis it's a lot of work. So mm-hmm, I love mm-hmm. doing it, but I'm still, we still have boxes on the site that you can purchase. Like if there's going to be a birthday or something like that, and you want to get a really cool special gift, you can still go buy one. We also have like t-shirts, like funny chicken shirts. Actually, I sent you one. I texted you a picture of it earlier. Yeah. I made you, <laughs> I made you a special shirt, but <laughs> we have all sorts of fun ones. And my kids have designed some shirts to go on and it's just, some cool stuff like that and mugs and phone cases. I mean, if you ever need a funny chicken thing, go to Coop Crate. <laughs> or just kind of a cool gift that you wouldn't be able to give otherwise. So we like to still we still like to share businesses and 
do we do tons of giveaways. Like right now we're doing a giveaway with um, Face and Farms and a whole bunch of other ladies. But, yeah, no, it's kind of a family decision and being able to enjoy and be present. Yeah, and if you wanted a custom T-shirt that says, my Jersey giant beat up your silky, then she could do it. <laughs> I totally would. So let's call me or call me or text me or message, whatever. <laughs> my Jersey giant beat up your silky, or my silky's prettier than your silky, or, you know, exactly. So, um, <laughs> you can do it. Yeah, my chicken's live. <laughs> exactly. How about oh, my me? silky? Well, thank you, everybody. No, I think my silky would hold her own. <laughs> we should have that one. Anyway. <laughs> right. You know, you can have a picture of a silky, and the silky says, hey, there's more to life than just mealworms. <laughs> <laughs> have one karate chop you oh, in the face. Though. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, my goodness. Well, well thank hey, you. Jen, thanks it's for been joining fun. us today. It was a... It was a fun show. Yeah, it was really good. Uh, we learned a lot, and we had some yeah. small businesses featured, which is great, and we'll continue, and we'll work behind the scenes to make this uh, a really good show for everybody uh, to uh, come on and listen and, and learn about something that they love, and it's backyard and hobby chickens, so we'll definitely get that done. Awesome. I'm so excited. Cool. Well, thanks so much well, for joining you us have today a and putting, putting it all together. Yeah, you yes, have a good weekend, too, a- and I will keep in touch. All right. Thank you, everybody. Great. Thank you. Bye-bye. All righty, that's going to wrap up another show, Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer. And today was What's New in Backyard Poultry uh, with Jessica Dilger. And we'll be back the fourth Thursday in May. So uh, just keep it – every Thursday we're here, 2 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. The first Thursday is poultry scientist Dr. McRae. The second Thursday is poultry veterinarian Dr. Petesky. The third Thursday is, again, poultry scientist Dr. McRae. And the fourth Thursday, of course, will be this new show that we're going to do with Jessica and uh, kind of a feel-good, warm and fuzzy uh, feature of small businesses and what's going on in backyard poultry today. So we hope you enjoy it. Have a great weekend, and we will see you next time. Oh, my God.